everybody, welcome to Rome is Home with Joe and Viva. Hey everyone, Viva, how are you doing? Today I'm doing fantastic. Yeah. And that is a change from last week, right Joe? It, let's just say, yeah, it, it seems like it was pretty tough for you this week. But I think that's primarily because you might be getting the old routine back. Well, yeah, so I'm pretty sure I've, I just got my first cycle postpartum, so my hormones are just going crazy, and I'm really affected by hormones. Joe can attest, whenever I have a baby, you know, right after I'm a wreck for a few months, hmm. and uh, I'm affected, yeah, I'm affected by my cycles, so. So there was a bit, yeah, I mean, there were some definitely tough days. Again, like, I guess for me, it's, you know, coming back home from work, Wife's not doing well. I, I I tend to probably get more affected by it than I should. Yes. All right. And there's nothing wrong. I'm like I I'm I'm concerned because you're not happy, right? But it's kind of these things where it's like, okay, you know, she's uncomfortable. Maybe there's a few uncomfortable things we're trying to get used to. But again, maybe the hormones are making it seem larger than it is. Yes. I take it larger than it is, and it's funny how for me, like whenever you're like not doing well, my thoughts are like. Yeah, let's cancel Rome. This is, I, I, I can't do this. Like, I feel like you're being torn apart, but you're, you're, you've gotten really good and kind of like, hold on. It's, there's something up because yeah. today was just like complete, like oh, you're, you're, you're kind of, which is exactly ties into kind of when, when I guess it looks like it's your period's finishing down. Yes. Right away that changed. So we got, it's so easy to kind of like, you lose sight of these things. Well, I mean, especially you because you're good like that. You're a problem solver. It's like, we have this problem on the table, I'm going to fix it. So you were Googling depression, and I do have some family history of depression. And you were Googling postpartum depression and, and all those things. And, and and you said, maybe you need to see someone. And I'm like, it's, hold on, hold on. And you're like, you're always against getting help. No, 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 hold on, hold on. I think this just might be hormones. Yeah. But it, it was pretty rough, to be honest. I was... I was very overwhelmed by the way I was feeling my moods, but also th th this is a new situation and it always takes me a lot of time to get used to it and um, crazy ups and downs, but overall it wasn't a wasted week. I did accomplish some things. We've been selling some some stuff off um, Facebook Marketplace and it's going so much better here than it was in Norfolk County, like Delhi, yeah. where we used to live. That was horrible here. I think people are, I, people are, are selling I and they're coming here. Yeah, we're close to a big enough city, so it makes it way easier, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I made a lot of money already. So this it, it, it's going pretty well. And today was such a beautiful day, Joey. Oh yeah. It was I, at least here in Ontario. My sister told me that it was raining in Montreal, but here it was sunny at least the yeah. morning. Uh, 25 of like humidity, yes. so it felt even warmer. Windy up here. The flowers are blooming. Uh, after mass, we we came back and we were driving with an iced coffee. And then when we come back, we we just we played outside. The girls were really good. Monica stayed in her playpen. She was playing with toys. Teresa yeah. was roaming around. And Joy and I we we played some soccer, frisbee. frisbee. And we biked a bit. Oh, we biked. Yeah, we have this trailer. Both both the girls fit in this trailer, so you were able to tow them along. And we we bought that a long time ago. Never really. Never really able to use it, but now it's like, yeah. Monica's, I think, at that perfect age where she can she can sit up. Yes. She's pretty sturdy. Teresa's obviously very sturdy. And yeah, you kind of just sit them in there and no complaints. Well, I mean, they're they're both mobile used to, mobile crib. Yes, they're 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 both both used to long car rides. So I'm just 
guessing they think they take it as a car ride and they were really good and yeah that was fun we used to bike all the time in houston yeah and this this is always i, I mean i think for me the the challenge with um having kids is really kind of like this first like year part yeah. we're really like i like to be active i mean i you know when we were Back in Houston, as you have said, we were walking, we were biking, we were making sure – we're not psychopaths with our activity, but we want to keep fit, keep active and all that stuff. Kids, man, that was just – Because, again, we're, it's like firefighting. You know, you're not feeling good, so I got to take care of things around the house. I'm sick. You got to – like – and the kids are always there. Yeah. So kind of like, okay, we have 30 minutes. Do we go for a bike ride? Well, no, we're We're, we're tired. We're we- exhausted. So it's like we don't do that. And I – I think I think that was a, I think that was a bit of a challenge for me because I feel like yes. I have a lot of excess energy. I like to kind of use it up. If I kind of sit, I get anxious, anxious, and just like I need to kind of get moving. So I'm really enjoying this phase now. Like this is this is I think the time where I feel more free. Yes, and that's good because you know, it's not in we. I think like we're using that freedom well, keep active. So I love that's it. Right. Oh yeah, so I'm really loving this time right now. Both girls are are doing really good. They're really stable. Teresa is getting so much more mature. And of course, she's still, you know, a two-year-old. But she's speaking more. She's expressing her ideas yeah. more. She's going to be more independent, play. She's going to play with her sister. And of course, she's going to be a bit rough with her. But I've, I've, I've seen them interact pretty well. And, and Monica, she's crawling everywhere. And she's getting herself busy, keeping herself busy by playing in the toy bin. And it's it's really good right now. So yeah. thanks be Jesus. It's awesome. Yeah. It's uh it's an important lesson really. Again, just for anyone who's kind of making life decisions, you know, while having kids. Yeah, you gotta be like again, be careful for these little traps, right? These these little down moments. Man, it's amazing how it can throw you off. But they go away, you know, again, desolation after desolation always comes consolation. And then you can kind of think clearly. So Yeah. One thing I always say it's it's just a phase. It's just a phase. Because both Joe and I we I'm a pretty optimistic person in life, but when it comes to kids, like that's it, I'm never sleeping ever again. Yeah. I just have to remind ourselves, you know, it's just a phase. And that's always the case. So whenever one of the kids have a sleep regression and they don't sleep anymore and they don't soothe themselves anymore, we're both saying, this is crazy, we have to do something. But remember, it's just a phase. It won't last forever. It'll right itself somehow and everything will go back to normal. Even if it's in a few months from now, it'll, it's just a phase. So always keep that in mind. And I'm sure most people handle stuff. They may probably handle it. They may, they may handle better than we are handling it. But if you are struggling, remember, it's just a phase. And I guess too, the thing is, yeah, if you're struggling and you're trying to discern God, and I know, like, I think I know another couple who are kind of similar in some sense. I think they have two kids they are also kind of trying to discern crazy things. If you're out there and you know people that are like that, it's, it's tough in a sense, but you know, I think the, the Lord will give you the, the consolation when you need to keep going. But yeah, yes. this is, this is one of those challenging things where you're trying to discern God's will and, and it feels like some days, yeah, everything's collapsing. You don't want to do it, but you gotta. So. Yeah. It's funny. I was, I was speaking to uh, my, my friend in Rome that I've been chatting with. And uh, I was asking her, how did she feel about this whole move thing and how, how she was uh, feeling where she was at. And she basically said a lot of things about, oh, I wish I knew this before. I wish I knew this before. And that that got me thinking like, oh, okay, that's stuff that we need to consider. But then it didn't last 
it didn't last long at all. I just I remembered, you know what? We discerned it, and it's it was very clear that God wanted us yeah. to go there, very clear. And God has been providing for us time and time again, and He will provide. So chug along. Chug along, and I still feel good about this. And today, for some reason, I am really excited about. Yeah, every, you you found a nice place in uh, what was it, Monteverde? Monteverde. You always, yeah. you always. It's again. That's so for maybe for those who aren't aware. That's that's a potential place we're also looking at. Like we don't know anything really about Rome, no. to be honest. So we're just kind of like taking. Like we, did, it was funny. We did the same thing with Houston when we moved to Houston. We did like we did our research. We were like we want to live north of uh, of the Bayou, <laughs> north of the Bayou, Buffalo Bayou. And our realtor that was kind of helping us out. It's like, yeah, that doesn't matter. What are you talking? Like, there's a place why? just south of the Bayou. Yeah, she said she, no. What she said is, but why? And we're like, oh, well, because we saw it online. <laughs> yeah, it's we ended up living south of the Bayou. And south was- of the Bayou. Now, in all fairness, on what was it? Highway Six and Westheimer, Westheimer, which which was like you know a bit south. It's a bit of a wild west sometimes over there. So your friend was mugged on Westheimer, wasn't he? Yeah, at gunpoint. So point. So this. So we were we and then there was that one time where there was like a wasn't there like a gunman on the loose or something? Remember that? Oh one yeah, time? just a little bit east of where we were. We were yeah yeah yeah. That was crazy. It's like shelter in place, gunmen on the yeah. on the run. It's like oh. Scary. So, but but in the end, like where we lived, we loved it. So I mean, like, yes. we're still the. I think one thing we're gonna. So again, we we were thinking about Monteverde. There's this beautiful Monteverde is a neighborhood in Rome, so it's really you would be able to walk to the university. I would be yeah, forty five minutes walk, and then uh, maybe thirty minute transit. Yeah. So it's for that and for that aspect alone, it's. I love that so much better than Santa Marinella, but because that will be an hour, an hour and a half of transit. One yeah, way. yeah. But again, we we do feel right now like Santa, Santa Marinella is calling us. But uh, yeah, we'll just have to see. I think so. One thing we might consider when we get there, we got actually got in touch with this. La- well, you did, Jim. Have you got in touch with this uh, French uh, a French, French realtor? Yeah, yeah. And that might be something we might have to consider. So we'll have to see. And again, we'll, I think one thing we kind of discerned too. I I think is kind of important for for Genevieve to feel good there is just place has to be pretty comfortable like you have to feel comfortable i think it can't be too sketchy you have like yeah and it's like that because i think that's been our experience because like in houston where you were you were you were away for family from for two years right and but in that in that whole time really aside from the crazy thunderstorms in the trees oh, blowing sideways and, and the, the flooding tornado warnings and the flooding yeah and the flooding and the the lone <laughs> gunmen's kind of running around <laughs> yes. aside from all those things you were always pretty, yep. and we had a great place there, right? It felt comfortable, but again, I noticed that when we went to uh, to Delhi, uh, a little bit of Brampton, even now, Aaron, it's if there's too many little uncomfortable things, yeah, it's it kind of weighs on you. For, for example, for a while here, we've been here for maybe two weeks, yeah, and I couldn't figure out how to wash my hair properly because the water is so. Hard. It's ridiculous, actually, it's how hard it is. Ridiculously hard. I thought our water in Delhi was hard. No, we this, can't even lather. Like, it makes no lather. We can't lather our shampoo. So I was using the regular amount of shampoo that I always use, and I was trying to lather it. I was trying to spread it over my hair, and it just wouldn't. And then I was trying to rinse it, you know, quickly, like I used to. And then my hair would <laughs> would be like so gross and full of deposits and 
patches that were greasy. It was yeah. it was miserable, and I was miserable. Joel can attest. I feel miserable when I feel. And even and on top of that, the the, the, the there was that one instance of the water. Yeah, the, the water was cloudy. I poured some water for Teresa, and before I gave it to her, I realized it was cloudy. I'm like, that's not right. Like, what if it's something what if it's contaminated so i've been buying bottles of water before i i I regain uh confidence in the in the water because we we drank our water back in delhi i mean it was it was good water but yeah Yeah. it's again it's just these little but i figured out how to wash my hair properly now my hair looks good but you know what now that i'm thinking about it these all these uncomfortable things may may have been like exaggerated due to the uh maybe the hormones hormones. maybe it's true no no it's true whenever i feel good i I can i can I can take on the world, but when yeah. I feel horrible, then everything is such a cross. So that's going to be a, all this is we're just kind of saying that might be a pretty important factor. I mean, so we're not, you know, going to find a dirt cheap place that like you don't feel comfortable and right. that, that won't work. So, and tell, uh, what about Teresa this week? Oh yeah. yeah. Teresa had a little incident. That was, I wasn't. Okay, on Thursday morning, I, as soon as she woke up, I noticed that she had some hives on her, like like a rash on her abdomen. I'm like, oh, okay, that's weird. But Teresa has a bit like sensitive skin, so I'm like, oh, well, I'll keep an eye on it. And uh, it, it's it was spreading, and on Friday she still had it, and I wasn't stressing about it because she was her happy self. She didn't have any fever. I'm like, oh, you know, she has a cold. Maybe it's just like a weird reaction to the cold, or whatever. But on Saturday morning, she woke up and she, I thought. That well, there was a little bit on her eye, the hive, and I thought that her lips looked swollen. I'm still not sure if it if they were, but I ugh, I'm like, oh, I don't like the look of this. So I went to walking clinic, and the doctor basically said it was an allergic reaction that she had, and uh, we still don't know to this day what it was. And today, she, they were all gone. I yeah. no Benadryl, nothing. She she was she was good, but oh. And Teresa's the resilient one, so she's yes. like. She almost never gets sick, and if she gets sick, she we don't even know really. Yeah. So the fact, like again, with something like I guess even yeah, the fact that she got something is like, oh, what's what's wrong with little Teresa? Yeah. She's never had anything, right? And I I was racking my brain. Everything she ate was the same. Everything, I, but it's a new place. So Who knows? is it you know like dust that's here? Is it because she interacted with the sheep? Is it because you know all of these things? So what the doctor said is that since we don't know. If it happens again, just keep a log of what she touched, what she ate, where she was, and uh, and if it's a recurring issue, then we're gonna have to have her tested for allergies. And of course, as soon as it's anaphylactic, I have to go to the ER right away. But uh, little little scary episode. Now listen to the Maybe it come from me. I think it's plain to see. Some people say that's the great. So I think it was a few weeks, maybe a week or so back, I think, where there was, maybe some folks are aware of this or not, but there was a basically an open letter, I believe written to the bishops of the world, maybe just, maybe they're specifically the U.S. bishops, but basically, oh shoot, I can't even remember how many people signed it, at least 10, maybe more, I could be wrong, maybe I think even 17 for some reason, but basically, yeah, it was very interesting in that they were they were basically accusing Pope Francis of heresy, I guess, formal heresy, and they kind of list, listed, I believe, seven, uh, seven accusations. Uh, it was, um, 
It was definitely interesting. I I I read through it again. People, I you know, I was curious to see who kind of you know put their name to this thing. And yeah, I don't know. It's it did cause a bit of a, a stir, and uh, I don't think you read it fully. I didn't read it. I I read commentaries on it. Yeah. And um, so even just people in my family, I mentioned it, and people were saying it's it's never okay to to rebuke the pope. Yeah, this is because I mean, my family is very big on authority. I have to say, and that's where I come from. I'm I I am so respectful of authority. Yeah. So you, you never talk back to your teachers. You never talk back to your parents. That's how I was raised. That's how my parents raised me. So the first instinct that that person said was like, "Yeah, you cannot say that to the Pope." And then and then I kind of I I said, "Well, you know, Saint Paul did it. Saint Catherine of Siena did it." But then they were saints, and and I'm not even even with. Catherine of Siena, I like, I can't, I remember the, I remember, I'm not even sure whether it was like a really public thing. Maybe it was like one on one. Like, cause they, this, this basically, sorry, it probably did it very respectfully as well. Please, uh, your, you know, and your, your holiness, you have to move back to Rome, please. This is the way. I, I, and even, even the rebuke by St. Paul, like apparently I've, there's actually just so many commentaries on even that rebuke. It's like, it's not really a rebuke. It's, it, but it is, it isn't. So again, just again, this whole office of the Pope—it's very well respected. And but again, it's—I I follow a lot of commentators. I'm very interested to see kind of on all spectrums, kind of what people are saying, and because I want to see kind of what is the 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 view of things. And uh, yeah, it's it. I need to probably spend more time researching like how this is, how what people have done historically against maybe popes that were a little bit scandalous and. It's hard to maybe dig out those things, but it might be worthy of study to see like, hey, is this really an unprecedented time where not only like the the, the bishops and stuff, but and uh, priests, but it's lay people really kind of going after the Pope. I don't know. Like right. it's, I don't really know what to feel sometimes about that. I, it's my first instinct is it doesn't feel right. That That is the first. That is I my agree. first yeah. instinct. Doesn't feel right. Because this poor this pope has been attacked by like on all fronts, and a lot of those those times I feel it was from it was very prideful of people to attack him because they didn't stop and listen to what what they could take away from the message of the pope yeah. and and yeah, not all popes you 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 won't be happy with all popes because they might have different things they want to concentrate on and they might not be your favorite thing but what can you learn from that person? And that takes a lot of humility. And I feel that those people rebuking the Pope lack this little bit of humility. Yeah, and and, and I mean to be clear on my position, I again I'm uh, I tend to maybe be someone who I I love very clear, concise statement. Again, that's that's how I am when I read certain uh, theologians because sometimes I study kind of these oddballs to kind of see what are they saying and how do they say it. I don't like when people kind of go around in loops and really kind of are not clear in kind of what the message is. Is Pope Francis a little bit like that? Perhaps. I he he tends to write like that. Um it does at times make me uncomfortable. I'm not gonna lie. Like it's it's I don't know what to think really. It doesn't it doesn't make me comfortable either. He may like some prudence. But one thing I learned and this is this is where it's very hard I knew, like, again, even in my old job, uh, I worked with, a, you know, a priest, very different from me in terms of our positions and stuff like that. Um, but I found that unless you kind of really spend time with the individual, 
talk the like talk the talk things through with the individual it is it is very very easy to misunderstand and not really understand the person's point now what i'm just to kind of finish that i am not saying that that doesn't mean that the person you know even if they you don't have a dialogue with them that doesn't mean that they're not saying something wrong they could very well be um but at the same time too it really is very hard to understand someone's point of view at times. And I even find even when I write emails or when I've, I get misunderstood and that drives me crazy. Um, is that the same case here? I'm not saying that because there might be some clear things that are here. And again, these people who wrote the open letter, you know, this is a big letter. They've, they've done their research, you know, and, on all that. So it, it is just, it's just one of those things though. Yeah. Like you're saying, irrespective of all that, it's, it is our Pope, Yes, but you know, what, what is the little Catholic, you know, at home, two kids supposed to think about with all this, right? And you know what? I've never been a, a big thinker and I, and I really rely on a strong leader. And that's why I'm happy to be married to you because you're such an awesome leader. Thank you. But for me, when these things happen and there's a good, there's, there's an explanation that could work. I don't know how to say that. It could be explained in a way that is, and that and that's that's what a lot of that, and that's hilarious that you mentioned that because a lot of people, I think one one group that I again maybe we'll tie this into Catholic answers. A lot of Catholic answers, whether you like them or not, a lot of criticism that sometimes they get is they kind of are the folks that apparently like massage Pope Francis' words. Oh no, he didn't mean that. You know, they're very much that way. But and I I agree with that because you don't know you, you're not in his head. And if yeah. there is a way to explain it that is faithful to the magisterium, to the church teaching, the tr- traditions and and whatever, then that's the way that you have to assume that 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 he he Yeah, that that I, I'm losing my, my No, words, I, but I know. You have to assume that that's what he meant. You cannot assume that he meant the other way that could be sketchy. But it, it does make it hard though, I guess, because like there have, again, we have the, the dubia that was done by the four yeah. cardinals yeah. asking for clarity. Um, that doesn't help his cause in some cases to like help those who are like, listen. And they did, I think, you know, the formal way cardinals reaching out to the Pope. Yes. And they didn't get they didn't a response. Accuse. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. That does make it very difficult. And I can understand what like on the Pope's and he's seeing like, Hey, these are my, my brothers, my sons that, you know, you know, in Christ and not to give them an answer. It's a tough one to swap, but arguably you can make a case where like no answer is needed because, you know. I think that's what Pope Francis said. said yeah. There is no answer to be, to be, to be given because it's, it's very clear. And I'm, I'm just tired of this mentality of saying no, no, no all the time. It's like, it's saying yes. And let's, let's, let's make it, let's make it work and accompany these people. I, I, I read a, an interview that kind of reconciled me with uh, Amores Letizia. Mm. I, I would have to find it again. It was very eye-opening. Um, but again, yeah. And uh, this letter too, I think there was some issues with the, the term heresy. So apparently maybe it wasn't even technically formal heresy because it wasn't it about wasn't, dogmas. The and that honestly, so that was so. This ties into kind of the the Jimmy Aiken response. Jimmy so Jimmy Aiken, Aiken yeah. from Catholic Answers basically said, you know, it, what they were accusing him of wasn't dogma of the church. It was kind of, uh, it was. I guess it was defined as maybe infallible teaching, but it wasn't necessarily driven from divine revelation. So, honestly, what annoys me the most is that for some reason that's 
And this kind of drives me bonkers for some reason. Why is that clear to some and not clear to others? Like it's, and again, another person basically wrote an article saying, no, actually that's incorrect. Again, it's kind of just kind of respecting Jimmy's views, but saying, well, no, you know, JP2 in one of his letters was saying that, you know, not following some of these infallible teachings from the magisterium, although not from divine revelation is still considered, I think the word was obstinate. So, you know, you're an obstinate. So it's, it's just as bad. But it's obstinance, though. Yeah. It's not heresy. It's So is the Pope an, like, obstinate? Oh, that's another question. But is he inher- like a heretic? Well, well, depending on the definition. So- oh, and, and, and if you're going to accuse the Pope, the Pope, of all people, of heresy, you have to be dang sure of, of what you're accusing him of and and that it's legit and founded. Yeah, because especially when you're putting your accusation in front of the whole world, like it's a big deal. Yeah. So again, and uh, again, Jimmy, I guess I, you know, I, I see what he was doing. Another article basically then attacked Jimmy's point of view, saying, you know, you don't have the credentials to kind of say these things. A lot of the people on that list were well educated, well, you know, they they know what they were saying and stuff like. Honestly, what's happened from this open letter is just both, you know, just the cat, again, this, this what frustrates me the most is that trench wars, trench wars amongst Catholics, yeah. right? Again, it's, it's, and this might not be a big concern for a lot of, a lot of people, but it is for me. It's just because you're kind of saying, okay, we're the one true church, you know, uh, any sort of division is caused from the enemy. And here we are kind of, uh, picking fights with one another. And honestly, I don't feel like anything is even clear. No. We still don't, some people, we don't have, I mean, this is sort of my own frustration with, because I'm a very rational, logical kind of person. I don't see necessarily sort of these consistencies and thoughts. And it's like different groups, for some reason, have different understandings of things. Yes. And that drives me bonkers. Yeah. I can't stand it. Mm-hmm. I want, I'm not advocating one or the other. I just want absolute clarity on what are you saying and why do we have different definitions or thoughts about what this is? This is ridiculous. I Like what I'm saying is that if someone calls out heresy, this is actually heresy, not and then an article's reading, well, it's not heresy. What the heck is heresy? But is that wishful thinking? It is wishful is, thinking, I know. Are things that black and white? No, but again, it's... This is... My biggest frustration is that is true. But right now, it just seems like it's left to the lay people to figure that out on their own. Which, again, I would hope that our bishops, our priests, would really help us understand. Like, listen, is this heresy or not? Like, no, it's not. Or... A lot of the times is you're a lay person, figure out for yourself. And again, that seems to be kind of the approach to these things. And then people take camps and... And my my concern really is for... Yeah, I might be able to spend time doing all the research and digging things, but there's a lot of people who don't necessarily have that aptitude, that skill, or that desire. And they are basically, you know, led to accept whatever anyone tells them, right? And I I have a grave concern for those individuals. And they're kind of just in this whirlwind of like... There's no consist. There's nothing. Every group claims to be. Every group within the church now claims to be. They are the ones who possess the truth now, and figure it out. You just have to kind of. It's almost a roll of the dice now. So this is a big issue. It's it, it, it's very scary for me because I rely I rely on authority to tell me how to like not how to think, but just to, to show me the way. And if of course if I don't feel like that, you know. People are attacking that authority. So, well, what's what, left? What's right? left? Yeah. And I, I've, I'm 
I like to look up these things. I like, I, I like to think I'm somewhat educated on the, on the, that matter. So what about people who are not that educated? <laughs> They must be so confused. And, right. and, and yeah, I mean, you can give me quotes of, okay, St. Athenaeus, he attacked lots of people, not attacked, but he defended the church against Arianism. So yeah, so be it. But at the same time too, like it's, I don't know. I feel like, I feel there's a lot of good, good willed Catholics for sure who are maybe, again, similar minded to me, thinking things through. Something doesn't sound right. It's not clear, concerned, upset about it. But I don't know. I'm looking at sort of these camps that are forming. I don't necessarily see the good that's, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what Pope will ever be good again based, based on this. It's, we've kind of taken it as we are the deciders of what a good Pope is. Is Pope Francis good or bad? You know, that's, I don't, I don't have a definite answer. I mean, only God does, right? And, uh, his articles and what he writes may seem odd, but may, there may be cases for it. Again, this is on, but my, my concern with all this is that, yeah, it's really the, the lay Catholics who are going to have to suffer as a result of this. So we have to keep praying. Grace will prevail. So I don't, I'm not that's hopeless. Right. I'm not hopeless either. We'll figure it. It'll be figured it's just out. It's confusing, you know? We'll, we'll figure it out. We have to rely on the grace and mercy of God. And that's always been the strategy that he'll show us the way. So, all right, y'all, follow us on Facebook. I'll post a video of a of where we live now. It's beautiful. You'll see. So, go check it out. God bless. Take care. Yeah.